new show. It's actually same show, new co-host, same great sponsors, Liesl Hayes. Hello, hello. I I wanted you to yell my name though, like you did for Jason. Here we go. Okay, Liesl. Yes, that's so much better. The Lee Summit Town Hall podcast is brought to the good people of Lee Summit by Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. Budget Blinds. Do you know they have enlightened shades? Have you ever been? The enlightened style the shades? The enlightened style shades. That's what I meant. They are your home for enlightened style shades. Listen, if you want to make your home an awesome home, whether, mm. it's, whether it's shades, other interior design things, like, we even made a pillow. We designed a pillow. I have not heard about this and pillow. And they made it for us. Did you know they did all the blinds in our house? All I believe of them. It. I believe it. They're just so legit. And they're really awesome people. They are great supporters of our community. They show up to things, they volunteer to things, they offer financial support yep. to many things. So, look, if you're ready to go make your home, an even more awesome home, and you want to support a local business run by good local people, just go visit our friends at Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. I'm going to say this for the first time. Tell them Nick and Lisa will say you. Uh, yes. The Lee Summit Town Hall podcast is also brought to the people by Ask Kathy of Keller Williams Realty. Ask Kathy is celebrating their 20th anniversary this year. That is so legit. That's a long time helping Lee Summit families. A long time helping more than 2,300 families buy or sell a home in this community. That's dedication. That is pure dedication. And the housing market, it just keeps changing. So you got to have somebody who's there to help you out. You got to have the experts. And they are, as a matter of fact, during 2021, they sold homes for 104% of the asking price. That is unbelievable. And I want them to sell my house. Do you? Do I you mean, really want to move? Not right now. Not right now. But I would pick them. You would pick them. I would pick them. Yeah. Th that's 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 a good thing. Did you know they also have four hundred five star reviews on yeah. Google? That's insane. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't write reviews. Do you? No, not usually. We should do that. More we should often. do that more often. And you know what? You should write a review about them because they are awesome people. They're local. They love the community. They are really focusing on helping people in this community buy or sell their homes in town. And you know what? Go call him. Tell him Lisa Lindsay. Yeah. Hello and welcome back to the Lee Summit Town Hall podcast. I'm your host, Nick Parker. Last month, I enjoyed a visit from several journalism students from Lee Summit West High School. During their visit, the students wanted to learn more about podcasting, and they broke into groups and practiced some podcast-style interviews with members of the local business community. As we move further into this holiday season, I thought it would be fun to share the first of those interviews with the community. We will share others in future episodes of this podcast. One other note before we begin the episode, both Liesl Hayes and I will be on vacation for the next two weeks. The Lisa Summit Town Hall podcast will return on Monday, January 9th. Here now are Lisa Summit West's Emily Gerhardt and Hayden Peters in a conversation with Fossil Forge and local foundry owner, Dave Eames. Hi guys, I'm Emily Gerhardt. And I'm Hayden Peters. And today we're working with Bridgespace and Ellis West Online to create a podcast that focuses in on the lives of local Lee Summit business owners. So we'll hand it off to our first subject, Dave. Sure, well, my name is Dave Eames and I am a co-owner of Fossil Forge 
and Local Foundry, which are two awesome downtown Lee Summit businesses. They're both very different, but at the same time, they've got a lot of similarities. So uh, pretty excited to, to have a couple businesses here in Lee Summit. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us today. <laughs> um, so we just want to start off by asking you um, kind of what your day-to-day looks like as a business owner in downtown Lee Summit. Sure. Uh, let me give you a little bit of background. Um, I have not done this uh, for a majority of my life. When I first got out of college, I worked in a newspaper as a graphic artist, and I loved it. It was the best job I could have possibly had, and things were fantastic for a long time until it wasn't. And uh, during the period of when the newspapers were struggling back in the late 2000s, 2008, 2009, we had a lot of layoffs, and uh, I was losing a lot of friends in our department. Uh, At one point, we had 14 artists that worked with me. Uh, and that, that number dwindled quickly. So I needed to think about what was next. And, um, I was fortunate because one of the, one of the perks or, or negatives about the newspaper industry is that you work in the evenings mostly. And I love that because I was more of a night person, Mm -hmm. but what it really gave me was I had this incredible amount of time during the day when my kids were at school, my wife was working to do something else. And that's what this was hatched from. That's really valuable. So, so yeah. Oh, what newspaper did you work for? So I worked for the Kansas City Star, which was really cool for me. And I knew nothing. So I didn't, I went to school to be an artist and illustrator, but I uh, got a job for the college newspaper uh, drawing. Um, and it was just the best of everything I loved. It had facts, it had research, it had, um, uh, explanatory journalism visually, which I really loved. I love to kind of explain how things happened through drawings. So it was a really super lucky, completely coincidental that it happened. But I I started working at the, at the Kansas and I went to school over at the university of Kansas Mm -hmm. and, um, I just fell in love with it. And I got an internship at at the Wichita Eagle and that turned into a full-time job. And my future wife got a job here in Lee summit with the school district. And when I graduated, it was either stay in Wichita or come to Kansas City. And I always loved Kansas City. So I just took a chance and in, in stepping up from the Eagle to the Star, which is kind of a mothership paper. Uh, you know, I just crossed my fingers mm-hmm. and I, I got the job. That's a big step. And uh, uh, it was great. In my second year at the Star, we won a Pulitzer. Uh, I did the graphics for the story. Wow. So I felt like. I thought I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. And it was for the next 15 years or so. Amazing friends, incredible experiences. Uh, Working at the newspaper had a lot of resources so we could do some really cool things. Uh, But like I said, then then things got a little gloomy and uh, I needed to find my own path. So I always loved drawing. I always loved uh, illustrating. But I also loved making stuff with my hands. And uh, when I had all that precious time before I had to go to work each night, yeah. this is what I started doing on my in my spare time. Wow. So I started building things, making things, taught myself how to weld, uh, taught myself how to do some kind of primitive blacksmithing, working with metal. Uh, it was just an incredibly awesome experience. And I was by myself. So... 
that sort of un, unfolded while I was still working. And then uh, I kept hoping I'd get laid off. <laughs> I, I, I thought, please, please let my name be on the list this week. And it never was. Yeah. And uh, um, then had a couple big life things that will nudge all of us in, in a certain direction. Uh, uh, I had a heart attack when I was uh, 45 years old. And, um, you know, that's a, they, they call it the cliff walk. When you get to the edge of some things that you've been comfortable with, this wide open space on your left, and then this cliff on your right, the, the decisions you make at that point sometimes can uh, well steer your life in a different direction. Then both my parents died pretty close together. So that was the point where it's like, you know what, I don't want to, I don't want to wait for someone else to make that decision for me. Right. Now, it could have been seen as a very reckless decision because mm -hmm. I had four kids, Bailey, mm -hmm. all of them heading toward college. And um, walking into something new. Yeah, walking away from a good job, benefits, insurance, stuff like that. Uh, something I knew into something I didn't. But those things that happened in my life were the uh, primary motivators for that. And uh, everyone will get to that chasm. Everyone <laughs> will get to that cliff walk in their own life. Yeah. So, so and, my, and my wife is fantastic because she continued to teach. So it helped me. It supported us while my wings got a little broader and I could really fly. So if you were to go back and tell how old were you at the time when you were hoping to get laid off and that was in my young 40s so if you were to tell that young 40 year old self um about where you would be today and how the decision that you made kind of um turned out for you what would you tell yourself you know i, I would probably tell myself the same thing i people talk a lot about timing and for me, if I would if I would have done this ten years earlier when I was even younger, I don't know that it would have been uh, to the same point. Mm -hmm. I think I think I needed to meet the right people who will come into your life, and that's Ben and Remy who are my um, who work work with us out there. It all needed to happen at the right time, and I'm not a huge believer in fate, fate and all of that stuff and luck. I think. There are times when people will you will encounter people and you better establish a relationship with them. Yeah. And you know, I was old enough; I kind of had experienced ups and downs, some success with this business, um, and I just knew that I needed to lock arms with those people that came along. And I'm still like that today. I'm constantly looking for that next shine that we can bring into the shop. So I feel like you're talking a lot about what you're doing now. Can you kind of explain a little bit about what that is? Like what exactly? Yeah. So uh, Fossil Forge began as a, as a, as a really a design and fabrication company. I would, uh, people would come to me and they would need something made. A piece of furniture, a sign for their business, maybe a piece of garden art or sculpture. And that's kind of what we still sort of do. Although primarily now we're just building signs for people. Signs to me have that beautiful overlap of all the drawing and illustration and graphic design that I loved, but also that kind of mechanical engineering side that was part of that thing, which I really loved about the newspaper business and explaining how something works. I really want to know 
how does this work? You know, if you take the face of this sign off, what does it look like behind it? That's kind of what we're mostly doing now and really in a good spot because we, between our ability to draw and illustrate and this, these crazy talented uh, folks we have working here, we can make anything. And it includes stuff like the stuff you see on the screen behind you, uh, you know, vintage neon signs. Very notable. Everybody has yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it, it's become quite a, quite the photo op, but those things all um, are pretty much what we want to do now. People come in and they ask us to build a sign for them or something else. That's a really fun spot to be because you're you're meeting somebody and, and hearing what they're dreaming, what they're imagining. Like, let's see how we can make this happen. Earlier this week, we uh, made. Uh, three huge gift boxes for a local shopping center for Christmas mm -hmm. displays. We've never made five by five by five gift boxes before, but we knew we could. We just had to figure out how to make it happen. Just had to go for it. They were huge. <laughs> so that sounds a lot like uh, your next steps in kind of ending up here in this career. But um, I do kind of want to know how did your skill set change from um, graphic design for the star to here. You said that some of it was self-taught with the mechanical, the welding, all of that. But as a business owner, what skills did you have to learn to be successful in this business? I mean, I had to learn so much and, and a lot of things I'm just not very good at. And, and that's when you start to realize that, oh my gosh, I'm pretty right-brained about a lot of things. And the things that I'm not good at, I've either asked for help or hired people to help me. And that includes just business, running a business. Running a small business is very, it's challenging. Uh, you know, I wake up a lot of nights and, and thinking about how, how are we doing? How does next month look? So that's always in the back of your mind. And those are things that I'm just not that great at. But having a team that I work with, you know, having accountants and other people that I can kind of mentor me a little bit. Those are skills I don't have, and I probably won't get that much better at them at my age. And honestly, I, that's what you pay other people to do. So I'm working on that. I mean, this morning I've been doing invoicing, I've been doing some ordering, dealing with a couple tax things. That's not creative to me. It's not fun to me. Other people are really good at it. So I search them out, and uh, hopefully we can work out a, a, a way that they can help us and we can still do what we're doing. Yeah, that's community for you. It's totally community. And you guys would, if, if you if you knew about our shop really in depth, the community is the foundation of everything we do here. Mm -hmm. And part of that is the, the skill we might have as artists and fabricators, sharing that with our community. I'm a gigantic believer in, we all have an opportunity to, to have a really bright voice in our communities. You should use it. Yeah. And you shouldn't necessarily wait till I'm going to be retired and then I'm going to do this. Because from my experience, that can be rapidly taken away as you're laying on a hospital bed. So we we want to make things that are good for Lee Summit. And we want to make things that are really cool for our downtown. Because then it helps everybody. People come here to take pictures of the 816. They come down here to look at the neon signs. Or better yet, go in those places and buy a drink, mm -hmm. eat dinner, maybe maybe find a cool gift for a friend. That is the essence of what we want to do. So money is not a not not a motivating factor for us. It's nice to get paid for some doing fun stuff, but we're not you know we're not getting rich, but we're getting rich in the other ways, which 
it's hokey, but it That's what it, 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 it really is what what's matters. So, um, yeah, when you guys walk around downtown, our fingerprints aren't a lot of things. And that's a legacy that you see when you're still alive, which is yeah. super that cool. That impact is really cool. Yeah, that's amazing. yeah, for sure. That'll last for generations, and people will bring their kids here, and they'll be like, "Hey, yeah. the guy that made that, or that's from local boundary, that's from all these different places." I know that my family always tries to tell me about the Tom Topic hamburger yeah. sign and the Shanghai <laughs> boy. Like everybody talks about that. And that's you know, those those are those things we talk a little bit about. And, and when you're younger, there's this. Um, there's this thing about kind of chasing cool. You want to be by cool things and cool people. And maybe it's geography or different cities or different places around the world traveling. That's all really important stuff. But when it comes right down to it, making your own hometown cool is, is really how you make a change. It's not by getting on board something that's already going. It's, it's helping something that, that needs to get there. And that could be a person, certainly can be a place. It can be the type of job you do. That's what we want to do here. So I think we've done that. I think we've turned, you know, our little art alley out here. Yeah. People are constantly taking pictures and, and pointing and bringing people to see it. And it's, and it's free. Yeah. You're not asking somebody to cough up money to come see something that is really interesting. I would say you've definitely accomplished your goal, wouldn't you, Emily? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can just say, like, from personal experience, just from growing up in the summit, like, my whole life, it definitely has a lot more character than it did when we were younger. And I think you can really account that to all the signs. Your businesses yeah. have made that notability really just more prominent in your summit. Yeah, and, and creative businesses are a, really a vital part to having your business community because they're the ones that can really transform the physical environment, but it can be through music, certainly can be through the visual arts, theater and all the other cool stuff. Even folks like you that are going to be awesome writers and journalists, Definitely. those are things, those are skills that you can then bring into community. And that's through so many different ways you can do that, starting with promotion and pride. And that's, uh, that's a pretty cool thing to offer. Is that your next piece of advice to young, uh, young inventors, young uh, aspiring dreamers? Yeah, I mean... Everybody's going to take take a different route, and we 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 get a chance to visit with a lot of young creative people, and the encouragement to follow that to see where it leads is really really vital. But it's also important to understand that sometimes it doesn't always go where you think it should go, and you know I'm a case in point in that. So you know I want people to have dreams, but those dreams will change. So when you hear the cliche, you know, follow your dreams or never give up on your, 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 whatever your final thing is, that that's going to change several times over the course of your young life, let alone, uh, you know, an older part of your life. Well, um, is this fossil fuel? Uh, yeah. I was wondering if I could volunteer. I've been doing uh, construction and I, and I work for a plumber. And I also uh, worked for a farmer. I tell you what, right now we're in, the, we're in the middle of an interview right now. Oh. Can we visit some other time? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, thanks, man. No problem. Yeah. Have a nice day, sir. Okay, see you. Me too. The other, The other fun thing about this, we constantly get people coming in looking for work, which is great. Mm -hmm. And that's how we found Remy, who's out there right now. He's a young guy, 22 years old. Uh, he came by all the time asking 
can I come work here? Can I do something? Yeah. And um, I don't know if he'll fit that mold, but Remy definitely awesome. <laughs> definitely did. So. so what is that like to be able to give like job opportunities, opportunities to these young people where if you were in their position, to give them that? I mean, it's, it's, it feels really good. It feels like a big responsibility because I want those people to be following behind me and then hopefully another generation behind them. Yeah. Um, but it takes the right kind of person. I mean, there's, there are a lot of people in art school, for example, I was with dozens of them and not every one of them has ended up doing something creatively over their last several decades. Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of my, you know, working traditional jobs, let's say. So it's just, there's not necessarily a place for everybody. And that's hard sometimes for people to accept. And it, it doesn't mean the other thing you're doing is wrong or different. It's just, if everybody wanted to be this, that, that just couldn't happen. There's just not enough space in that space for that. I feel like you can almost just take it as a redirection. Like, yeah, maybe you don't fit in here, but yeah, you're meant to be somewhere else. There's a pattern. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's people that will go to art school and get a, a you know, a degree in printmaking or sculpture or pottery. They might not be able to make it as a as an artist just making pottery they might but it's very hard but that skill you took can turn into something else mm -hmm. including this kind of thing potentially yeah. uh, or something that i don't even know about so you know those are the, the words of advice i give people i i my parents were phenomenal encouragers to me and i had a lot of slack in the road to go discover what I really wanted. And, uh, you know, my mother was the, the best at that. So that's why that motivation of her no longer here is a tremendous uh, tailwind for me. Uh, because without her, this would not be where it is today. Even though she's been gone a long time, hasn't seen this uh, start from a, a little seed to what it is today. Uh, but it's a huge motivator to me. But I, that's why I would always take Tell people to those people that are encouraging you in your life, whether it's a teacher, your folks, your friends, that's a really vital fuel. Yeah, it's definitely important to have good people. Yeah. Yeah, and find those people. You guys, I'm sure, are good at that. Where you just you gravitate to those people, and those people then that you're looking for gravitate toward you. And I don't know why that is that way in the world, but it really is true. There is goodness attracts goodness. And uh, that same passion and drive for certain things will kind of just naturally work its way into your life if you are putting that out there. Yeah. People will see that and they, yeah. will, they will appreciate it. And I think that's how you find community like we did. A hundred percent. And my, our network of friends down here, whether it's business owners, other folks we have that sort of casual relationship with is incredibly important to me. I think it makes me healthier. Yeah. And even if they never bought or commissioned us to do a thing that is as important as anything to me like when i walk out the alley here and we go to restaurants or stores and you're waving to people saying hi to people there's something ancient about that something in the air yeah and i just think it's part of a social Humanity. just the fabric of you know, having a good civic area where people trust each other and respect each other uh it, it, I feel like we're, we're, we're there at this place and that's a pretty cool thing. And it, it's fragile, 
but you also know the best way to feed it and keep it going, which is be out front, talk to people. Um, if you can uphold that and have that same sense of community, people have been doing that for thousands of years, but yeah. in a different age, a different time, different yeah. technologies, the whole world is entirely shifted. Yeah. You can keep that same value of communication and trust and community again the recurring theme yeah i mean it's 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 not it's not a new thing that mm -hmm. somehow we figured out no it's just capturing those whispers from the past that you can turn into real voices we want to give a huge thank you to dave eames for giving us an inside look at his workshop and also the impact that he's made on the new summit community for generations to come and we also want to give another thank you to Bridgespace for giving us this opportunity to record a podcast for you guys. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Ellis West Online.